Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This program is designed to provide general information with regards to the subject matters covered. This information is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, sponsors, or station are engaged in rendering any specific and personal, medical, financial, legal, counseling, professional service, or any advice. You should seek the services of competent professionals before applying or trying any suggested ideas. Welcome, everyone, to Soul Spark Radio. Don't touch that dial. My name is Gray Robinson. I'm your co-host, and with me is my lovely bride, Linda Gian Greco. Hey, welcome, everybody. So glad to have you with us tonight. How are you doing? Um, tonight, we're going to talk about something that's not a lot of fun. You know, we <laughs> we uh, fortunately or unfortunately relationships are a lot of fun when they're new and exciting and you you are your hormone hormones are raging and life is good and you you found your soulmate and life is going to be wonderful for the rest of your life. <laughs> and, I love it when it's like that. <laughs> and so then and then <laughs> and I was a divorce lawyer for 27 years uh, I've been divorced twice and I will tell on my wife because she's only got a little bit more experience than me she's been divorced three times and so you know in a relationship show we want to tell everybody you know the tricks of the trade that uh, the things you can do to salvage your romance and your relationship so you don't have to go through the big D. And unfortunately, just life isn't like that a lot of times, and things just go in the trash can. And so what we want to talk about tonight is some recommendations, some tips, and what to do when you're done. You know, and the unfortunate thing is, is that a lot of times some people are more done than others. And so one or the other of you may still want to try to work it out. And the other person has just had enough. They want to move on. They want new horizons and new bed sheets and all the new stuff that uh, the new parts of romance are about. And that really 
is hard for some people who still have desires, who still have hopes, who still have dreams that maybe if some miracle happens, their uh, partner will start coming around and, you know, they can renew their romance. Let's talk. Well, great. Before you move on, I want to talk about that done thing, right? Because I think that's a big, you know, what does that mean that you're done? And I think it's individual for each other. So, you know, I'd, I'd love to share, you know, for you to share a little bit about what done looks like for you. I can tell you what done looks like for me. <laughs> I've done, been done three times, you know, so... Um, when great when when you were done a relationship, how did you even know you were done? How did you know you were done? In my first marriage, it was we were just so incompatible, and why we didn't discover that, or why I didn't discover that before we got married, I, I guess I was just young and was thinking with my other head. Uh, but the other thing is, is the, we just didn't see eye to eye on almost anything. It was, she wanted to do her things and expected me to be with her while I had my things that I like to do. And she really didn't like any of my friends. And so it was a, just a, chaotic, unhappy, constantly arguing kind of thing. So basically, she laid down some ultimatums, and I said, well, no. Did you did you guys know you didn't like each other's friends before? Uh, it was no, because it was kind of a unique situation, because she was gone uh, out of town 26 weeks a year. Oh. She was a auditor for a big eight accounting firm, and basically, whatever discord, whatever we had to deal with, uh, it, it was like every second weekend I had to deal with it. The rest of the time, I was out doing what I wanted to do, and <laughs> all of a sudden, and then she got pregnant, and she quit her job and moved home and we that's when we found out that we weren't very compatible and so the train went off the rails pretty quickly when she moved home really wasn't anybody's fault it's just that while we were courting and while we were married for about the first two years i never saw her and when she would come home uh Every once in a while, there'd be a blow up, but you know I could t stand that every two weeks. Mm -hmm. But when she came home and I had to deal with that on a daily basis, uh, I, I saw very quickly how there was a huge misunderstanding about what our lifestyle was going to be and what we were going to be doing. Mm -hmm. um, the second marriage was much more friendly for many years. And I mean, we were married for almost 18 years. And the thing that happened with that marriage is that she became more and more fundamentally religious. And I was more open-minded. I, I did everything I could to keep that marriage together. I mean, I became a an ordained deacon in the Southern Baptist Church, which anybody that knew me at that time thought, oh, my God. <laughs> they let, you, <coughs> they they let, let me you do that. that. <laughs> I mean, I was probably the first. Um, I, was, I was a recovering alcoholic. I was divorced. And for them to ordain me as a deacon must have been uh, really uh, surprising for everybody. So the... Um, so, so yeah. So let me. But anyway, we we she became more fundamentally um, fundamental. religious. <laughs> fundamentally fundamental. And she wanted to spend all of her time in the church, and I had other ideas. I had just started a golf course, a country club, with a lot of very influential people, and I was playing a lot of golf. I taught my children how to play. I offered to play 
teach my wife how to play, but she thought that that was sacrilegious because people play golf on Sunday, God forbid. And so the thing that got in between us was that she just, I don't know why people can't compromise, but she just said, if you don't start worshiping like I want you to worship, then we're, you know, you need to leave because I don't want to go to hell. Well, one of our listeners asked, um, why would you go so far as to keep that marriage together? Why would you do that? I think that I have felt a responsibility at some point. I was, you know, kidding myself that I had any control over the relationship. The only relationship I had any control over was the one that I had with myself. And so I thought I was getting into a perfect marriage for me. And uh, the first one became very quickly apparent that that is not what I had done. And the second one was uh, took a lot longer to come to, for somebody to say, well, I don't like you. And I'm going, well, I wasn't having the best time of my life, but I was willing to stay in the marriage because that's what people who are married are supposed to do. You're not supposed to get divorced. I didn't believe in the um, idea that marriages are disposable like a lot of people think today. I mean, obviously, if I made a really good living as a divorce lawyer, there were plenty uh, plenty of business. And so... You'd think that somebody who was, had a lot of experiences with divorces would be the last person that would end up getting divorced, but um, this is not the way it happened. Yeah. And, you know, I think that for me, too, I had really varying uh, reasons for being, for being done. And one is, you know, for, I have to say, for my first marriage, you know, when we... We kind of say it tongue-in-cheek that I've been married three times. But the truth was, is, you know, I was 20 when I got married the first time. And, um, you know, I remember, <laughs> you know, I had my, my misgivings even as a 20-year-old. But I followed through with that. My parents had spent the money. We, I didn't come from a lot of money. And we had all those people waiting in the church. <laughs> I just couldn't do that runaway ride Julia Roberts thing. You know, I was going to follow through this with that, and I was young and in lust. And um, I have to say that, uh, you know, what came between me and my first husband was he wound up, he was a LAPD, so he was Los Angeles um, police officer. And we were both young. He was 20, I think he was 27, and I was 20. And um, we had been together for a while and broke up and then got back together and he asked me to marry him. And I thought, oh, you know, when you're 20, you think nobody's ever going to ask you to marry them. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't know better and said, no, I said yes. But um, what really became apparent is once we bought our home, we bought it very far from my family. And it's great. You know, I Gray shares, he's an attorney. I always share, I'm Italian. Um, I'm very close with my family. And we bought a house that couldn't have been further from my family in California, yet still in California and within commuting distance. And um, he kind of became a recluse and expected me not to participate with my family. Um, if he came home and I was on the phone with my mom, he would be in the background bullying me to get off the phone. And at that age, you know, I didn't have my feet underneath me. And um, I... Uh, I, I don't know, you know, I just, I, after a while, when I finally did get my feet underneath me, I knew it was not the right thing. So, you know, I, I, I left and um, lived in my car for three months because I didn't want to tell my parents. And then my second husband, um, you know, he was uh, an alcoholic and a drug abuser before I met him. And um, his two daughters came to live with us. Thank goodness. I love them so much. I'm still in communication. We are still very close. Um, Lived with us full time when they were three and four. And that was right after we got married. And that was everything I wanted because it actually put me back on my timeline because I had gotten off because, uh, you know, I had more. I wanted to work instead instead of have babies. But um, what happened with that is really he just got back into the drugs and drinking, and he was a surfer. 
and he surfed all the time. And, um, you know, he made surfing his priority and he wasn't sober for his girls. And I felt that that was not okay. And so I hung out in that marriage until the girls were old enough that I could leave and they, you know, I felt they wouldn't be damaged. And, um, you know, by then, you know, I, I'd been on my knees about 13 years begging him to go get help for that. And, and he, he just wouldn't. He just wouldn't. And so by then I was really done. I was really done with that. And I realized that the girls deserved a healthy relationship with their dad. And I was hoping that he would get sober once I left. And in fact, he did, um, which has been awesome. So they actually have a better relationship with him now that we've been apart for so long. And then, you know, my third husband, um, you know, really what happened there is he wanted to have the benefits of marriage, but not really be a husband. He was a much better boyfriend. But he wasn't someone who could be a good partner in providing. He's very controlling and domineering. And, you know, he was a psychotherapist. And um, he did have a practice, but he wanted to go fishing instead. So, you know, we ran into obstacles like, you know, him not really being forthright about things like that. And us losing our home to foreclosure. I mean, it was it was not pretty. And um, I realized that I was really being controlled. And I... I just, he was not willing to change about that. So in that instance, again, I was really, really done. I knew it deserved better than that, um, even if it meant I was going to be single forever. So, um, yeah, I was really, really done. Okay, well, we've got a lot of questions that we need to get oh, okay, to. Okay, let's get them. One of them, one of them is a really good one. Is How do we have a good relationship with ourselves? while you're in a relationship with somebody that isn't working out very well. And that one is something that we've talked quite a bit about on the show. And, and basically, you have to take time to get to know yourself and to really self-analyze, take stock of what is <coughs> important to you, what is your priority, and then try to see if there's any common ground that you can build a relationship on it. It's like you have to, in that moment, when you discover that you don't have a very good relationship with your health, yourself, you don't like yourself very much, and you're constantly running into problems, that's when you've got to start over. And if the relationship doesn't have enough in common to base a relationship on, to have a foundation, then it's time to get out. Because you can't build on something that doesn't exist. And it doesn't really matter whose fault it is. It's just you have to come to the realization that it's not working. And you're only miserable. You know, and also, I guess I'm old enough now that, to see that everything happened exactly like it was supposed to happen. Because my first wife married another accountant. She was in CPA, as I said, and she married another accountant. And they've been happily married for, I don't know, quite a while now, and 20 or 30-some years. And so she's much happier, and I've let go of any guilt that I had around all that uh, a long time ago. My second wife married Jesus and so she's much happier now because I couldn't compete with Jesus. And that was the big problem. But, uh, you know, it's, it's really interesting for religious people that in the Southern Baptist Church, they have this thing where women don't leave their man and man don't leave their women. But the thing is, is that you can't, you know, there's kind of a rule that both people are supposed to be fundamentalist and believe in the same thing. And if, uh, so if somebody says, well, I don't want to believe that and leaves, then there's something wrong with this, the partner, which I think is really hilarious because it's the partner that was uh, uncompromising to start with. But in any event, the, the point is, and where we started with all of this is, how do you deal with a relationship that's, break, that's breaking up? And 
you are the one that's kind of broken up uh, or, or is hitting you the most or if both of you. And, I, you know, to be totally honest with you, my son, older son is going through a breakup right now, and, and both of them claim that they're in love with each other. However, they're both in that stage of the breakup that, number one, they're in a Mexican standoff because neither one of them want to leave the home because there are legal implications to that. And But neither one of them want to live again. So that's that really strange, uh, psychotic, uh, sadist, or, you know, sadistic kind of relation, situation where you both don't like each other very much, and <laughs> but you're living together. Yeah. And so there, there are things that people can do to get through that phase. And if you're the one that's still hanging on, then you've probably got more work to do than the person that wants is, is done. In other words, that they don't want to try anymore. And the thing that really is a little frustrating is because we've had show after show after show that gives great ideas and great suggestions and great strategies on how to save your relationship. The problem with it is, is both people need to be invested in saving the relationship or at least want to give it a try. But if the, if both parties are done, if both parties don't want to try anymore, then you can forget those strategies and you've got to think of something, so another way to salvage some sort of relationship or just uh, end it. So, um, you know, you really have to accept that love in the end just isn't enough, right? Um, we, we do think that love will, will fix everything. I mean, we're kind of young and naive, and even when we're older, we're still naive and think that love, love itself will fix everything. And, you know, what happens, sometimes the problems get, the problems will get, will get worse. And um, love isn't always enough to save a relationship. And um, just because you love a person doesn't mean that it's going to last forever. Um, but we're going to walk you through some other parts that will help you navigate those waters. And we have someone who asked, um, why will people have guilt in a divorce? Um, well, I think that's pretty common, actually. Yeah, I, I think especially if you have children. I think that's... That's even harder. I'll speak for myself. It was even harder when I had children. I always still want to really super justify that second divorce. And I was married to him the longest. You know, we I got to be almost a single parent because he was never around or never conscious, at least, uh, for a good portion of it. Um, so that was a, a plus. But I still feel the most, I still feel guilty, even though I know it was the right thing to do. Um, for all of us. I mean, he was not heading to sobriety when we were together. He's sober now. He has a relationship with the girls, which he didn't have that level of relationship with them before because he wasn't sober. Um, and we're all better off. And I, I get to be with my husband, Gray, whom I adore. And I would not have met him had, had I not left. But still, there's some modicum of guilt left over and great. I don't know what you have to say about that being the divorce attorney that you were. What do you have to say about that? I think that there still is a stigma in our society about divorce and it somehow people feel like it's a failure. They, they were a failure at this relationship. And I think that is the biggest reason why people feel guilty about it is that somehow they've done something wrong. That is one of the paradigms that you can easily shift. And quite frankly, every relationship is an experience, and you're supposed to learn something from every experience. And as all the self-help gurus will tell you, some people come into your life for a lifetime. Some people come into your life for a little while. And then some people come into your life just very like a bright comet shooting across the sky. And so not everybody is supposed to be in a long-term committed relationship uh, because they don't know how. 
or they just are so different that they never learn how to communicate and compromise and make it work. Because as, as we tell you all the time on this show, a relationship is a lot of work. And that means being careful about what you say, being careful about what you do, and being careful about what you think. And so when you can put all that together and make it uh, work together, then it's not. It's actually the more you're willing to compromise, the easier it is to have a relationship. But if you're in a relationship where one or the other are right and there is no compromise, mm-hmm. then there's no way to have a happy relationship. Because if you're always wrong all the time, you, you just get more and more frustrated. So, but anyway, we were talking about when we accept the fact that there was nothing that we else we could have done. Yeah. We loved them as much as we could love them. We did whatever we could do to have a good relationship, and it didn't work. That doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It just means that you weren't a fit to that other, to your partner. Now, <laughs> You know, sometimes you have to take responsibility for your behavior. And if you were doing things that were counterproductive to a relationship and were not responsible and and not mature and not emotionally uh, invested in the relationship, then you need... Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You need to take responsibility for those things before you get into another one. But if you honestly did everything you could to have a good relationship and it didn't work for whatever reason, then you should be content with that and not feel guilty and not beat yourself up and not think that you're, there's something wrong with you. Right. And so, and you know, I think that there is that part of us that wants to justify the, the leaving or that it's over. And, you know, we go through that, oh, you know, love should have been enough. I should have loved my partner more. And, you know, we want to blame ourselves for not having done enough or not having been enough. Or we want to blame them. And the, the truth is, is sometimes, you know, sometimes our commitment in the beginning was to something that we were blind to. It could have been to some mythology of how we thought, a marriage or this particular marriage was going to turn out. And when you get down the road and the, the haze of love and spark and all that yummy stuff clears, um, it becomes apparent like Ray was sharing, you know, with his relationships that it just, you know, it just didn't matter how much you love somebody or how much, you know, you cared about or how much commitment you had to the relationship. It just wasn't going to work because you're two different people. And you perhaps weren't that in the beginning. You grew apart. That level of resonance that you had that we talk about in some of the other shows 
um, you know, is no, is no longer there. You're not in the same zone. Um, and sometimes it's hard to get back there. I just wanted to point that out. Well, and remember, it's not one person's fault. It's, you know, both of you got into this thing and it's going to take both of you to get out of it. Even if one person doesn't want to break up the relationship, they're perfectly happy in your misery. They're not, they don't want to leave it because they're getting something out of it. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's prestige. Maybe it's, uh, you know, the 4.3 children or whatever it is. Uh, you don't want to, you, or you just don't want to change. More people are afraid of change than misery. And most people would rather stay in the hell that they've created for themselves than change it. Yeah. And that's why most marriages that fail, fail because nobody wants to change their behavior or change their beliefs or change everything else. Again, uh, you know, one of the things that I observed after hundreds of divorces, people would usually come into my office and I would always ask them, Do you, would you rather be uh, happy or right? And thank goodness for my checkbook, they, most of them wanted to be right. And that means make the other person wrong. <laughs> and the, so I had a really good living helping people blame the other person for the reason of the, of the divorce. But the thing that I observed is that most people just want me to control somebody they couldn't control. You know, it's kind of like, well, I don't like the way that he is a parent. You married him. Uh, you know, what do you want me to do about it? I can't keep a parent from seeing his children. No, unless they're violent or physically abusive or demonstratedly emotionally abusive, most courts are going to let both parents have access to the children. And so when you go into a lawyer's office and have this emotional breakdown that this person lets the children stay up late, late at night watching TV and eating ice cream, a judge is not going to tell that person what to do. So what it boils down to is people wanting the lawyer or the court, the judge to tell the other person to do what they wouldn't do when they were told by the client. So it's it's a it's almost immature about the way people approach divorces. But you can't blame yourself for everything. You can certainly take responsibility for some of yeah, it. Yeah, that's different. But if you know if, if you're beating yourself up because there's something you could have done, although all the counselors, all the friends, all the you know self help books couldn't come up with that, whatever it is, you're going to make yourself miserable thinking, well, there's something I could have done. Well, what we're here to tell you is, no, there isn't, and it's time to move on. That's right. So, um, you know, that, and really the next thing to do is after, you, you know, you've got to take care of yourself. And if you've been thinking that it's over and you've done everything and you know your partner's done everything, you suspect they have, They've done everything to try to make it work. You really need to to just call it call it done. But then, you know, you really need to make sure that you've built a support system for yourself. So you you don't want to, you know, do what I did because I will tell you when I left my first husband and lived in my car for three months, um, nobody knew I had left my marriage except for my friends that I ran into. Um, who wanted to know why I was living in my car. Um, and, you know, I was young. I was, I was only 20, barely 21 by the time I left him. So um, it, was, it was interesting, but it, it was a very, very, very lonely time. And what's really important is to make sure that you have that one good friend who is a fair listener, meaning they will, you know, you have a good soft place to land with them. You can cry on their shoulder, but they're not going to BS you. 
you know, and talk bad about your partner to you or make it look like it was all their, you know, the partner's fault. Because trust me, in any relationship, honestly, there is something that you can take responsibility for. And sometimes what it is is just not having left sooner. Okay, because a lot of people don't want to be the person to pull the trigger. I will tell you, I've seen more people stay together longer than they should, including myself. This is a firsthand claim right here. Um, because I just thought I could make it work. But the truth is, if both people aren't committed to making it work, one person can't. So just want to let you know that. And also, really, you want to um, make sure that you plan for the next part after that is when you have split up from your person, that you have some downtime and allow yourself to see what's next for you because a lot of us don't think that through right we're in the heat of the moment we're just like okay who's going to leave the house first you know do i have to get a lawyer are we going to be able to work this thing out together um is it going to be antagonistic can we be friends through this and i will tell you um you know my last divorce we were friends through it the middle one not so much and the first one i don't even know where he was because i kind of split so you know, that was my bad on there. But really setting aside some time for during your post breakup to um, rearrange yourself so you can have some time off of work. You can just go home and hang out and watch Netflix and chill and just zone out. You can plan a vacation. You can meet with friends more than you had in the past. Um, you just take a few days off and settle, settle yourself into the next wave of emotion that comes with the act of calling this relationship with this person that you perhaps still love complete. Just don't watch P.S. I Love You. No, and no, don't watch Love Actually either. That's a really good movie, too. <laughs> so, yeah. And you know what? Allow yourself to cry. If you have to have some processes, then... You know, processing time, then do that. Don't deny yourself. Um, and sometimes that looks like crawling up, you know, in a ball and staying in bed for, you know, a long weekend, um, eating all the carbs in the house. I'm just speaking, you know, talking about a friend, of course, here. <laughs> but, you know, you have to process things. It's, it will do you no good in the long run, nor for your next relationship and moving forward. If you don't go through the sadness, that may or may not come up for you. So I'm not asserting that everybody goes through grief and a breakup, but um, I think there is some portion of that. Here's one thing that is, I, I probably didn't follow this advice, but the, the more you can avoid over-drinking and over-drugging, the better because you have to keep your wits about it. In a very emotional period, like a breakup, is only magnified by drinking and drugging. That's, they're supposed to numb you, but actually what happens is it intensifies the emotions. So if you're feeling bad about yourself, you start drinking, you're going to feel absolutely miserable about yourself. Yeah. And... Of course, drugging, you know, over drinking and drugging can lead to other problems that you probably don't need to deal with, especially if you're going through a contentious divorce. The biggest gift that you can give your ex-partner is a DWI charge or a drug, a drug <laughs> possession charge. He's saying that tug and cheek. Yeah, be, yeah. yeah because, because that will just, uh, exonerate them and show you that you were, you know, out of control. So you have to stay sober and you have to stay emotionally mature during this period as much. Once you settled everything with your ex, with your partner, then you can go party like there's no tomorrow. It's just that while things are unsettled and you, if there's anything in contention and you're arguing over possessions and all that kind of stuff, don't give them a reason. Yeah. And, and quite frankly, if you're over, if you're uh, out of control, if you're uh, over drinking and drugging, and get into an argument, 
and things get out of hand, again, that's a gift that you you know that will keep on giving to yeah. your partner. So I, I really stress the point that you have to uh, be as sober and mature as you possibly can be during this time. Uh, one of our listeners asked, you know, why are people so afraid of change? And and I just want to point to I. I don't know if it's human nature or not, but I think we grow comfortable with the the same challenge that we have with our partner sometimes. Like, you know, at least, you know, if we're going to just kind of rehash the same crap all the time, you know, at least it's familiar. At least I know what my rebuttal will be. I know what you're going to say to me, um, you know, and, and so I don't have to deal with growing up essentially. I'm just going to keep on hanging out in the same conversation and we'll still stay together and we'll be intermittently miserable. And then the other times we'll pretend that, you know, we're really in love with each other and we can really make this work until the poop hits the fan again. And then the same conversation comes up again. But that keeps you stuck in that place of not having to be emotionally mature. It, It has you, it allows for the laziness that can come inside of a relationship that actually could work but if neither of you are willing to give a little or compromise a little um you can bet that relationship is over it's going to just keep on being the same conversation and that conversation you know the conversation because we you know a number of us always had the same conversation that will be the one that ends your relationship yeah, and I, I would give a footnote right here just to uh, put some of this in perspective. We are assuming, for the sake of this conversation, that you have decided or your partner has decided that there are, there's no coming back. Yeah. So, because if there's any of that left, if there is any interest in continuing the relationship, although how, however remote, there are things you can do to uh, get back on track. And we've got lots of shows. You can go to iHeartRadio, Google, or search for Soul Spark Radio, and you can just go through all of the shows that we talk about how to resurrect a failed relationship. But the, the point is, is that, okay, here we are. Either you've got your heels dug in, they've got their heels dug in, and neither one of you is going to change uh, for the sake of the relationship. So um, one of the things that you need to do that's really important is to pack away all the stuff that reminds you of your partner. This is not any good uh, putting all of your – now, I'm not saying unfriend your, your partner on Facebook – but you may want to take down all the posters and the photographs sprinkled around your house that every time you go to the bathroom, you see a picture of your ex. Yeah, well, I do, I do need to interrupt right one moment here because I have a family member that um, she and her husband split up. And I know that for her to see him move on so quickly when she was still processing was really, really hard for her. And she actually became addicted to going on social media and following him because they had not unfriended each other. Um, she could see all of his posts and he had no like censorship about posting things, you know, about you know, this woman that he was now dating and the things that he did. And not that he had to have the censor, but you know, we have to learn our own tolerance for misery. And sometimes we make our own misery. And in this case, we, she became addicted to um, not only beating herself up, but, but seeing how he had moved on and how she really was unworthy and maybe she did make a mistake because someone else found him desirable now, all this kind of stuff. So you may, for your own good, have to manage yourself around social media. So whether it's unfriending them for a time or just taking a time out, which they let you do on Facebook now, or unfollowing someone completely and just letting them know, hey, look, at I had to do that with my last ex-husband because um, that wasn't good. Yeah. Anyway, 
so yeah, you got sometimes you have to do that. So know thyself with regards to social media. <laughs> okay, here's an old oldie but goodie. Tried but true. For God's sakes, don't start dating somebody new as your partner is packing up and leaving. It's called the rebound. <laughs> and so if you rebound and fall in love with somebody new within 30 days of breaking up with your ex-spouse for 20 years, I can guarantee you as a divorce attorney, you're going to come knocking on my door sooner or later. You have to give yourself time to process, self-analyze, understand what happened, get over the emotions, and you have to realize that uh, there are a lot of people who are just addicted to the feeling of being in love. I, I can tell you that I was engaged twice. I had asked two women to marry me who had became very clear that they were just wanting to be married. And they, could not, they were not particularly uh, attracted to me, although they certainly liked my checking account. They just, I could not see how in the world it was going to work because they were more interested in, in being married to somebody. Ah. And so if, if you're somebody who, this is where we talk about getting into a relationship with yourself. If you feel like you need to be in a relationship because you feel better being in a relationship, you might want to back off a bit <laughs> because yeah. you're yeah. you're you're being needy, in other words, and you need to get to a place where you don't need the relationship, so you can have the freedom and the and the confidence and the uh, self esteem to have that great relationship that you're wanting. But if you go right back into another relationship just because you're addicted to being in a relationship, doesn't matter who it is, you're going to, you're, as somebody once told me, my picker was broken. P-I-C-K-E-R, picker. <laughs> and so I was picking very tragically wrong people to have relationships with. And until a couple of years ago, when I found, after getting my ass handed to me in another relationship. Actually, they took my, tore my heart out and stomped that sucker flat. And I said, no more. I'm not doing this anymore. I am worth more than this. And if that certain person isn't coming along, then that's just fine. And then that certain person happened to come along. Hello. And so, hello, mama. (laughs) And so the thing, though, is, is that a lot of people miss that feeling of being with somebody, of being of belonging to somebody, of somebody belonging to them. And there's that control issue going on. I, I'm in a relationship so I can control that other person. All kinds of really juicy psychological issues going on there. And so that's why you need to just cool it and take a, hiatus if the rule of thumb was well, back when I was in practicing divorce law was for as many you, you calculate how many years you were married or in a committed relationship uh, divide that by 12 in other words for every year you have to wait a month so if you were in a relationship for two years you had to wait two months before you started dating again if you were in a 20-year relationship, then you needed to wait 20 months. And truer words were never spoken. So um, please, please, please don't jump back on into that fire. All right, we're coming down to the... Down, down to the wire here. Just remember this. This too shall pass. I know that having gone through it myself and representing hundreds of people. And although I don't know your pain, I am certainly very familiar with the effect of the pain and I know my pain. 
So it is not a pleasant experience. But however, I also have every belief, I strongly believe that every experience has its lesson. And if you let it, it will teach you how to have a much better relationship the next time. So learn what you have to learn. Don't make the same mistake twice. And be careful. We may have to do another show soon about the questions you need to ask before you jump back into that deep end of the swimming pool. That's right. Deep end of the pool there. So, yeah, um, and allow, really do allow yourself to, to mourn that separation, but that, that completion, and be okay with calling it a completion, not a he broke up with me or she broke up with me. You know, that makes it into the dramatic thing. Just call it what it is. You guys, your time was done. You both knew it. Someone was smart enough to pull the trigger in, in the best way. And, um, you know, try to handle it with some maturity, but... And it's okay to mourn, but just don't dwell there. You know, it's time to move on. It's time to plan your future. And, you know, give yourself time to process. Honor your honor your own process. And there's an old saying that you can either make it stumbling blocks or stepping stones. Oh, I like that. So if you're going through a bad time right now, just realize that you are becoming, this is how butterflies, caterpillars become butterflies. And so I'm, you know, and the thing is, it's the struggle, it's the pain, and it's the self-analysis and introspection that you have to do yeah. when you're going through this process that makes you a much better person. That's right. And it makes you be the person that you want to be for the next person in your life, because there will be. There's somebody out there just for you. So, Just remember, you can always get us at soulspark.global. You can listen to all our shows on iHeartRadio.com or iHeart.com and look up SoulSpark and hundreds of choices. Right, of shows. And uh, you can always get a hold of me at Gray, JamesGrayRobinson.com. And that's gray spelled like the color. A-Y. G-R-A-Y. And I have... Hundreds and hundreds of articles on all kinds of interesting things, you know, especially about divorce. <laughs> uh, so, you know, because I, I certainly got my pain out by writing about it. So uh, I guess that's it. Yeah, we're going to wrap up the show with our famous tagline by now, right? And just remember, to find the, the one, one, you have, have to, to be, be the one. one. Good, night, Good night, everybody. everyone. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.